right, here we are. We are back. Sort of cool show. Uh, I know you missed us. We missed you, and uh, we yeah. are so pumped about this week. This is a this is a fun week, man. We, uh, you know, Jimmy, we're going to talk about one of our favorite records of the '90s. Yep, and, and the thing about it is, it's going to be a little it's a little venture away from what we have done in the past. You know, we're it's because we're definitely not talking about a hair band tonight at all. <laughs> Or a hard rock band, but it's one of the greatest bands that we've been introduced to um, in the last 20 years. Uh, Matchbox yeah. 20, man. Yeah, Matchbox 20, yourself or someone like you, their debut record came out in 1996, man. Yeah. This yeah. is cool because you know you and I have some pretty fun stories about <laughs> about this record and how we got introduced to this band. Mm. And I, th- for, for me, this is, this is my favorite band of this era it's Mine probably too. you know outside of like guns and roses and metallica and mm-hmm. zeppelin and kind of the staples the thing that the bands that like really you know right. I mean, they're just they're just legends right mm-hmm. matchbox right. 20 is probably my favorite band of the whole 90s era yeah i wasn't in the in you know the, the weird about this record for me was i wasn't and i'll admit i was not a huge fan of the 90s music i just wasn't you know and I'm not going to name a bunch of bands that I wasn't fans of, but I just wasn't a fan of a lot of it. But when this record came out, this was one of the few records that I grabbed hold of. Well, CD back then, of course, yeah. but and I just fell in love with it. And and we, you know, you and I were on the road together at that time. And I remember, you know, for you guys that were on the that ever played in bands and you toured and traveled, you might have been on a bus, but we weren't. <laughs> we were in a van and we each had our own little bench. And <laughs> yeah. but what was interesting, we each had our own back then we had our own C D Walkmans and our headphones and our when we had our little cases of CDs. So yep. I remember one time we were we were traveling after we had gotten to know this band and I think three or four of us in the van out of the five of us had this C D playing. Yeah. While we were traveling, you know, and yeah. Um, but yeah, but this and but this turned me on to other things. Like I, I also became a fan of like Jim Blossoms, and I became oh, yeah. a fan of uh, some of the Oasis stuff, and you know, stuff like that. But but this kind of set, set me. This was kind of set apart for me for, for yeah. in that era. Yeah, this was the band that really got it going for me too in the '90s. Now I will say, you know, I, I was an Oasis fan outside of Matchbox Twenty, but right. Matchbox you know, led me to Toad the Wet Sprocket, which led me to Gin Blossoms. You know, I mean, there, there were just a really, really kind of good bands that were kind of coming out right Right. around this Mm -hmm. time in the nineties. So the Wallflowers was another one. Wallflowers were great. Counting Crows was another one. I mean, so there was a couple of these bands that I guess maybe you call it post grunge era. Maybe. Sure. I don't know. It was kind of after, you know, Nirvana had kind of really blown up. Right. It went back to, yeah, it went back to that, you know, where Nirvana and Soundgarden and, you know, Alice in Chains and all came in with that, the stuff they were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, then you went into the Matchbox stuff, which became more of a pop rock type thing right. again. And, you know, you mentioned Counting Crows a minute ago. Um, August and Everything After is one of my favorite records mm-hmm. ever of any. I mean, I could listen to that record front to back. Continuously, I love that record, but I didn't yeah. get introduced to them until these guys kind of set set it up for me. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, man, because yeah, 
our band that we played in musically was similar. Yeah, we to were. This. We were very similar to this. Right. And very so similar. that was fun. Nice to find a band that was kind of like what we were kind of doing back then, you know. Yeah. So. Well, hey, let's let's go back in uh, let's go back in time. Let's go back down memory lane. Hmm. The the month is April seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven. We're on tour in Florida. We are. And we have a night off in Gainesville. And yep. we decide we're just gonna get out and we're just gonna hang around town. We're gonna see what's happening. So we yes. we drive down to kind of the, the hot spot where it looked like there was a lot of activity going on and we mm-hmm. parked our van and trailer and we got out, <laughs> we walked we started walking down the street. What what I we, actually what did we find out? I actually weren't wasn't with you. I was with another friend of ours. Oh, that's who right. Went to you came with right. and, and a friend of hers and somebody else, some yeah. friends of theirs. Yeah. And we actually walked and met y'all there. Yeah. But we didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah. So yeah. we we parked we we parked a little bit away just you know and, and we again we were kind of all walking together down um you know I guess this was before you met up with this I'd forgotten all about that. And so anyway, so we're we're walking down the road and, and our bass player at the time, Stacy, he he looks and he points at this marquee on mm. the side of this club and he goes, Hey, Matchbox twenty, five dollars. And I was like, who's that? And he goes, well, I think they got this song. They got this song. I think it's called Long Day or something. I don't know. Right. They're pretty, they're pretty good. And we were like, hey, man, we were just a bunch of broke musicians. Right. We were like, you know, for five five bucks bucks to see a live band. Why not? Let's go do it, man. So we go, we all pay our five dollars, and there wasn't, man, there wasn't man, fifty there wasn't. people in that there club. There was there there was no way there was fifty people in the and yeah. the, the club was called Brick City. Yeah, Brick City I Music Hall. I don't know if it's still there or not. I have no clue. I, would I don't know. Imagine it might be. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so man. so we're we're in there. We really we I don't know what to expect because I haven't heard the song that you know that Stacy had mentioned. You know, he's the only guy that you know, with us that knew what song, uh, knew, knew their song. And so, you know, they come out I'm like, man, this is a real rock band. You know, Rob Thomas, who yes. I didn't know who Rob Thomas was. No. He comes out and he just puts on a show and his vocals are insane. Right. And you know, got, and we didn't know the songs, man. No, not, I didn't know one song, not one. And we are thinking, and you know, we knew they had a record, out or we didn't know the single but stacy right. our bass player knew the single and right. we didn't know but what was funny was you know i really expected it to be kind of a mix of some of their songs and cover songs sure really but yeah. that's not what happened the first hour <laughs> the only hour <laughs> the, the yeah because they <laughs> literally played every single song on this record and did they do yeah. one twice <laughs> I, remember I don't remember or something. They did one twice or not. There's 12 songs in this record, and I do think they did a cover. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I, I I really feel like they did a cover song. So they might have done one or two covers. So they played, you know, like I said, 12 songs in the record, maybe two songs, you know, outside of of this album. And I remember when they went off stage, you know, they were just like a normal band. They didn't have roadies. They didn't have a crew. That's I mean, right. They were they were in a van and trailer just like us. You know, I remember it. I remember it was a tan van with a whitish trailer. I remember yeah. that so specifically. Yeah, and so they they get it off stage and they're they're rolling their guitar cables and mic cables up. And I remember the club owner or the club manager or whatever goes up to Rob Thomas and basically corners him up against the wall. And starts chewing him out like, you better get back up there right now. You can't just play an hour and leave. You gotta, I don't even remember you know, that. You oh, saw man, that? He was, 
chewing him out, man. Really? And Dave was talking to Adam Gaynor at the time, okay. who was their guitar player. Guitar he was guitar player, player, right? And so, you know, we, we were all drinking. Just, we were all just kind of. You were. <laughs> we were all just kind of, kind of talking and, and trying to like. Get, you know, meet the band or whatever. I mean, they were so personable. I mean, they dude, were literally nobody. They were a, nobody knew who they were. Nobody knew anything. And I just remember the cl- the club owner just chewing him out. And the the line that stuck with me to this day is, "Mark my words, buddy, you'll never play this club again." And they didn't. <laughs> they didn't because they didn't next have time, to. <laughs> next next year they played the arena, sold yeah. it out. Yeah, next it was eight months. <laughs> fast forward before we stay in where we are. Fast forward eight months later. We found out that a friend of ours was talking was talking to them, and they said, "Guess who's in town?" Well, I was like, "Ooh!" And they're the Matchbox Twenty, but they're not at Brick yeah. City; they're at the arena tonight, yeah. and they had sold out. And that was well, eight months later. Whatever. Yeah, I remember the next time I saw them was in Charlotte, and it was that next year, and there was, was twenty thousand people. Man, it was, was I with you thing. because I saw them again uh, about a year later. It at, was at, at Verizon Amphitheater. Yeah, that's where it was, Verizon Amphitheater, and Paula Cole opened. That's right, Paula Remember Cole. That? Uh, what yeah. was that song? I, oh my where gosh, what was this gone or something? What was it? Where have all the cowboys gone? That's the song that she song. did. That's right. Where have all the cowboys gone? I don't yeah. care where the cowboys have gone, but <laughs> that was her song. Oh that my was, gosh, I didn't realize, song. man, that yes, yeah, dude. Yeah. But that was and a great was, night because it was a band that we thought, man, they are so cool, and yeah. they just did their songs, man. But not they were just so tight, and but it was great though. Afterwards, they rolled their cords up and got in the van and went to probably they probably went down a. 50 miles down the road and played another little bitty club that like that. Got him a Motel 8, you know, they, Super 8 or whatever. <laughs> Super 8. Did you tell me that Long Day had gotten to like number 40 or something? It didn't do well, did it? Like, it didn't do great. Remember. It didn't break out for them. It wasn't a hit. The second single off that record was Push, which that, we all know that, was, was enormous. That was a game changer. Yeah, and then... Um, 3 a.m. was the third single, and that went to number one at Top 40. And then Real World was single four, and then Back to Good was single five. So really, on wow. on side one of their album, you know, there yes. are six songs on side one, and five of those were singles. Kind of reminds you of Hysteria, Rogan, man. Yeah, Hysteria did <laughs> that. Do we talked about that, right? Yeah. Wow, so man. It's, it's really it's really a fantastic album all the way through, man. Even the album cuts are really really strong. I think it's a testament to Rob Thomas's songwriting ability the guy is just an incredible songwriter it's, it's well, just insane what were you telling me earlier before we started recording you were telling me something about yeah. the respect yeah. you had as a writer didn't yeah. happen to I, what? what was that again well he, so you know he collaborated with santana on mm-hmm. smooth which you know interestingly enough matchbox 20 you know yourself or someone like you their debut album is 12 times platinum in the u.s that's 12 million albums this thing sold as much in the wow. u.s as Slippery When Wet and Hysteria. Mm-hmm. I don't. Every think college we, kid in America had this yes. record, <laughs> and I just don't think that we really look at it like that. I don't think that we, you know, we look at this album and put it up there against some of the biggest albums ever, and and it quite honestly right. is that. And they definitely don't That's get crazy. the respect that they deserve from that from that standpoint. And Rob mm-hmm. Thomas, as a songwriter, you know. Um, you know, he didn't, they didn't win the matchbox 20 has never won a Grammy, never mm. won an American music award, never mm. won an MTV music award. 
The only award they ever won was in 2004. They won a People's Choice Award, award for like Best Musical Act or something like that, right? Now, yeah, this the, album the, came out in 96, and they won an award in 2004. Wow. You know? so, it was, so, so Rob, though, did win. Later. Yeah, Rob did win three Grammys with the song Smooth. And wow, so he, I'd read an article um, with Rob Thomas, and he had said that he never really had any respect as a songwriter until that song. That's crazy. Which to know I he wrote that crazy. whole first record. Yeah. He got no crazy. respect. It is crazy. If you, if you look at it, man, and you listen to this album, and that's the thing I love about Rob Thomas is his lyrical ability. The way oh, he can oh write my gosh, lyrics. Yes. It's just insane, man. And like, you know, you had mentioned that your favorite song on this record is Hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last song on the record. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just, a, you know, an acoustic. And I think there's some, you know, some like uh, a little bit of percussion. Sure. And just, there's, a, there's, some, there's a few other instruments involved, but it's not a mm-hmm. big, drawn out, built out no, song. No, it's not at all. It's very simple. But when you listen to those lyrics, it just hits you right in the face, man. Yes. And Kyle Cook. Uh, the guitar, oh. the lead player in Matchbox, who was an artist in his own right, you yeah. know, um, has done some projects or whatever. But um, I love, 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 love his voice. Oh, and he sings on this song. And yeah. the first time I ever heard it, I think it was, I think you told me who was that, who that was singing in that song with me because I did, I, you know, I was what yeah. sure. And you told me, I was like, golly day, man, he's got such a good voice. But, <laughs> You know, that song, and it, that wasn't a hit. That was just no, a tune was, at no, the end of the record. Album, uh, total and they did cut. it that night. Yep. Just like it was on the record. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but yeah, man, I mean, for you, you know, that's the one thing I think you and I, we have, we love, we love music and we just love anything that's good. Yeah. <laughs> In quality, you know? That's the thing, man, is being able to appreciate music and really kind of see it for what it is. And I think it goes to say, too, like with this particular album, I mean, Matt Serletic produced this album. Mm. Matt Matt is right. a fantastic producer. Um, 25 he, at the time, you he said? Was 25 years old when this, when this record crazy, was made. Man. When he produced this, he was 25. And Matt went on to produce Collective Soul, Edwin McCain, Blessed Union of Souls. He did Rob Thomas's solo stuff. Did he do um, some Smashing Pumpkins, or was that another guy that no, worked with, sure that we worked with? I'm not sure. I don't know if he did Pumpkins or not. Um, but Matt did one of my favorite albums of all time, which I don't think anyone listening to this show will even know what it is, but Angie Aparo, The, the mm-hmm. American, mm-hmm. in 1999. He, produced he wrote that Cry album. for Faith Hill. Yes, Oh my gosh, what what a what voice, a voice. What, a song, what a record. I mean that I got to see so I, I got to see Angie Aparo at, in Nashville a place called the Exit Inn and yep. you know, I'd never seen him before and I knew a a few tunes of his, right? Cry being one and the the guy's not a very big guy. He's a he's, yeah, he's probably a two guy. foot one. <laughs> no, he's not he's, a tall he's guy. Short, yeah, yeah, short guy. But he walks out on stage and he's got this monster voice. And he had a drummer beside him playing. Had a kick and a snare and um, a floor a floor tom and percussion. And yeah. it was just the coolest thing. But what was weird about it was how he held that audience. Uh-huh. He held that audience in the palm of his hand, man. So freaking cool. He was great. So great. So yeah, good, man. Well, so I, did think, that. I think think the thing too, you know, speaking of the production of this, you know, with Matt Serletic, I, you know, 
and we've talked about this before, like not every one of the Matchbox 20, 20 records sound the way this one sounds. Right. This one for me, as much as I love it, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's got some mm-hmm. of my favorite songs. It's one of my favorite bands. And sure. it's insanely successful. But I don't love the production. I think now mm. I don't love it. Maybe I liked it when it came out. Maybe I really thought it was great when it came out because it was a little right. bit different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it it kind of feels like the life has been produced out of the record. You know, I it's like you. Yeah. it feels yeah. super compressed. It feels super tight. It's It feels a little too mechanical for me, maybe. Mm. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if this, I wonder if... See, when this record first came out, we had it on CD, Yeah. right? I wonder if the re-release of the vinyl did that. I just wonder if that, when they re-released it on vinyl, because I have the 180 gram in my hand, and the cool yeah. thing about it, my record's red. You yeah, know, it's really cool one. like yours. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if maybe when they when they released it on vinyl, did they compress the crap out of it? No, it I don't know. I don't think so because uh, I, I I listen to this in many different formats. Okay. You know, I, I stream it, you know, at a high right. bit rate, and it's just same you know, thing both all along. Yeah, it's it's just very 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 compressed sounding, and maybe it's because you know again, Sirletic was only twenty five. You right. know, he didn't do a whole lot of records before this. He was probably mm-hmm. he probably was hired as a bargain. You know, he probably, probably so. He probably didn't cost much, and he was probably he pro- learning. And, pro, that's what I was going to say. He's and he probably, probably pro tooled the death out of this record. That's you know, right. it's he like, knew pro tools and how to use it. Yeah. And by golly, I'll do that. Yeah, man. And so I feel like it's like they cut, they just cut all the breath out of it. They cut yes. like, you know, it's still, it's still an amazing album. Oh, and of course it is. I, I've been listening to it since 96 and I still right. love well, it. Well, me too. Me too. Yeah. But I think that's, that's for me, that might be the one, the one flaw right. is just the production value. It's a little, a little too tight, little too polished for me. Mm-hmm. When I, when I first started uh, a couple years, two, three years ago, and I decided to, you know, get back into vinyls, to vinyl again, vinyl mm-hmm. collecting again. And, um, this was one of the, uh, the first five records I bought. Um, yeah. the first four were ones I'd had when I was a teenager, course being kiss alive one and i bought dark side of the moon of course and whatever but this was the first one that i ordered from amazon that of uh, that that this was it this is the my first vinyl order off amazon was this record you know <laughs> that's and I, great and i remember when i got it, i was like oh my gosh and but you know i think they recorded this thing at a place called tree okay and if i'm not mistaken i know we've recorded at tree yeah. In uh-huh. Atlanta, yep. and if I'm not mistaken, they did this record, and I may be totally wrong. I just hadn't looked at the uh, the credits enough to know exactly where it was recorded, but I think some of it may have been done, and that's in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah that um, makes sense. I, I do I do think they did record they did record some of this record in Atlanta, if not all of it. Um, right. You right. know, that's where Kyle actually Kyle went to the Atlanta Music Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Cook did mm-hmm. so. Um, there were ties there. Um, because didn't they? Wasn't uh, Rob from Florida, and then the band ended up relocating mm-hmm. and became known as a uh, uh, an Atlanta band for a while or something well, like that. I think or? Kind, I think I think Orlando is kind of the band's origin. I think that's okay. where kind of, I think Orlando gets the credit. Um, right. You know, Rob right. was born in South Carolina. And, sure. You know, lived. He's got family in South Carolina. He right. Lived, uh, sure. lived in Orlando for a long time. A lot of the guys lived in Orlando. Adam, I think, was from Miami. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's what a, what a what a freaking great record. Yeah. What a great band. For me, for me personally, you know, I I understand what you were saying about it, 
Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I know I've known you long enough to, to know how you listen to records. I know the things you look for in records and I, I don't personally for me, mm-hmm. I'm good with it, man. I mean, yeah. I know what you are. I know you are too. Yeah. I just, you know, you, you heard something about it, like the, you know, it not breathing like it should. And mm-hmm. it breathed fine to me. I heard it in and out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, but, man. Well, that's, yeah, that's the beauty, good that's the it, beauty of, I love the record. of records. It's, it's all subjective. It's how you that's feel, right. it's how you hear it. And that's, right, that's what, that's what I think is so special about music and, and really why we love talking about it, you know, every that's week right, on man. the show. Yeah. So, if you don't have this record, you might not, you might be saying, why in the world are y'all talking about? Well, for one thing, they're an amazing band live. Number two, they have amazing songs. And this is for 1996, 97, this is tops, man. This is a top yeah. record of that era or any era. It still stands up today. Yeah. I mean, it I agree. still stands up as a record. Um, they've gone on to do other great records. I noticed that they were uh, getting ready to tour with Wallflowers. Of course, that yeah. got canceled. You probably had tickets for that. I do have tickets for that. It's, right. It got I postponed figured so. in 2021. Yeah. Steve has tickets for Matchbox 20's tour in 2031. <laughs> already. already. I'll go them. see them anytime they come. I've seen Rob Thomas twice, once a, an acoustic show at the Ryman, a full band show at the Ryman. Um, you saw them with Match, Counting Crows, Matchbox didn't you? four times. Yeah. Yeah, See, I would yeah, love to have seen that. Well, that I was think Counting Crows show. would have bored me to death. They I think were. They I was. Bored I was bored to tears, except for the the three hits. Right. But, <laughs> but my wife, you know, I took her, and she loves Matchbox Twenty, and she she went to one of the Rob Thomas shows with me, the acoustic one, and she loved it. And she had never seen Matchbox, and they came with Counting Crows, and we went, and she was like, you know, my wife, you know, she doesn't like to watch movies twice. She doesn't, sure. you know, I mean, she doesn't, yeah, you know, right. if she's if she's seen a band once, she's seen them she's seen a thousand them. times. That's right. That's and right. And you know, we left, and she goes, I would go see them again. Wow. And so That's when they announced they're coming back to the Wallflowers, I was and like, my hey, wife, I get tickets. And yeah, she's like, okay, my wife's trying to get me to go. Uh, we we've seen Rod Stewart five times together, me and my wife, wow. and. We are we love Rod Stewart and she, I yeah. came home today and she was had it playing on our Apple HomePod thing. Yeah, that's all she's had on for two yeah. days. It's just nothing but Rod. <laughs> she's like, see, ever coming back around again? I'm like, we'll go, you know. But what's that's your favorite awesome. song? Mine's Hang. What's yours on the record? I I I love Hang. It's tough for me, man, because there's so yeah. many great songs on here. And it's interesting too because I typically don't go with the single. You know, yeah, as much as either. I love, I don't either. As much as I love 3 a.m. As much as I right, love Real World, right, no sure. songs. I would say for me, man, it's probably back to good. Okay. I will say this. Uh, this is just a, in closing on this top to bottom with Matchbox 20 uh, yourself or someone like you. One of the cool things that if you're out there and you just want to find some cool stuff, they've done a lot of alternative ver- versions of this song, like just piano mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. strings and just acoustic things. There's a lot of that stuff that I had on. I have on CD that's just – you know, they did that with a lot of songs on like, especially 3 a.m. Push Long Day. I know they did it with that. So, yeah, they did you know, actually. This back to good, came too. Out. Yeah, they did a deluxe version of this album in Australia. Okay. And it's got a couple live tracks and some cover stuff. And then you can actually get a few songs that they did. You know, they were they had a band. Not everybody in, in the in Matchbox right. 20 was in this other band called Tabitha Secret. Tabitha Secret. And right. they did an old Tabitha Secret song called Tired. And they okay. recorded it. It didn't make the record. But they did put it on. I okay. think it was like a Japan import single of Push or something like that. But yeah, you're right. They've got acoustic versions of Push. Yeah. Like, 
live. I mean, yeah, man, it's really cool. You just got to you got to hunt around for that kind of stuff. It's going to be very hard to find now unless you're, you know, right. you go and do file sharing, which I do not recommend. So me either. Um, Don't I do want it. I want I want artists to get paid for their work, and so yeah, absolutely you're listening. You're doing it in a legal fashion, and right. um, and especially <laughs> for this band, you know. That's um, right. man, hey, dude, this was fun, man. I'm glad you were good. Good record, man. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Sort of Cool Show, and we cannot wait to talk to you next week. Come hang with us. See you guys.